coming out of Acts. When the church was established, it was empowered the very day that it was established on Pentecost. And with that empowering, there was given a sign to show that we could visibly, audibly know whether we had been baptized or empowered with his spirit. Amen? So this is a very controversial, in some circles, um, topic, and uh, I don't shy away from those things. And I think it's so important that um, we understand and we know and that we can know when we've been baptized, when we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And God wants us to know, and he's established that, and he did that all the way back in the beginning for the, through the Old Testament, and he's continued it to today. There's always been a sign. There's always been a no, and there's always been a no that others would know. Amen? So how do I know that? The question of the, t- the title of the message today, but how do you know you've been baptized in the Spirit? How do you know, church? Well, I'm not going to give you my opinion. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to be giving some teaching. This is not going to probably be a preaching message as though, you know, as normal. Um, I'm going to attempt to teach more today than, than preach. We'll see how that goes. Um, but um, Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'd say that's the answer. How do you know that you've been baptized in the Spirit? Well, how did the early church know? They were all filled with the Spirit and began to, what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was the sign. That's the beginning of the sign for the New Testament church. When the baptism of the Holy Spirit was, came down from on high, they began to speak in other tongues. They began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. It was they had not the natural ability to speak in other languages or to speak in another tongue. The Holy Spirit came, they were baptized and empowered, and the first initial evidence was that they began to speak in other tongues. Amen? And I'm going to show you scripturally throughout, um, throughout the Bible. Now, I will not just say, like, sometimes in, in, in the church, and especially in the Pentecostal church, that is such um, a thing that's almost worshipped that we forget that also a great sign for others to know that we've been baptized in the Spirit would be this, a life of intimacy with God and a life of power in the Spirit. Those are pretty awesome proofs that one's filled with the Holy Spirit. Not, not just that you speak in tongues. There should be some fruit of the Spirit. Amen? There should be, if you've walked with the Lord for a while and you've been baptized in the Spirit, there should be other evidence also. Amen? That there's a, there's a walking, there's a closeness, there's an intimacy with the Lord that has developed and grown because you've been empowered by that Spirit. Amen? If you've been baptized in the Spirit and empowered from on high from the Holy Spirit, the fruit in your life should be very evident. Amen? Amen. But the initial, now here's why I believe it's this, because how would you know when someone first gets saved and then they get baptized in the Holy Spirit? That they have to have a 20-year walk with the Lord in order to see the fruit of that? No. God actually is pretty sharp. You can get baptized in the Holy Spirit right after you're saved. And you don't have to have, like, all the knowledge and the education and even all great knowledge of Scripture. Because it doesn't come from that. It comes from the Holy Spirit. But I would say, if you've been baptized from on high, there will be other proofs and evidences that will journey along in that walk. Amen? So, the question before us is, what is the initial evidence of this experience? 
Now, just stick with me for a while. I'm just going to be reading some things I wrote. Just like there is, and I want you to picture this, just like there is a physical evidence of someone being water baptized. Think about it. Is there a physical evidence when someone's been water baptized? There you go, Howard. They're all wet. How do you know they've been water baptized? They're all wet. So how do you know when someone's been spirit baptized? Glacia, they will, they will speak in other tongues. There's an evidence. There's an outward sign that they've been baptized in the spirit. Just like there's an outward sign that you know they've been water baptized. They're all wet. Amen? So that's just something I want you to wrap your head around. I believe there's a physical, audible evidence not unlike what was given before Pentecost. That should get you thinking. When the Holy Spirit came upon prophets and people of old, they spoke, this is scripture, 2 Peter 1.21, New Testament said, they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This is Peter speaking of the Old Testament days that you could tell when people were empowered by the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament because they spoke in power. They prophesied. They prophesied. Prophets, kings, and priests would prophesy, and they knew that they'd been empowered by the Holy Spirit, even in the Old Testament. That's what's so beautiful is you can see that the empowering of the Holy Spirit has always been, has always been. And it's like foolish to think that all of a sudden it's, it was all throughout the Old Testament. We come into the birthing of the New Testament, and then all of a sudden, once the Bible's written, he stops. We would be the only people group in the whole history of the Bible and of the Lord that hasn't had and empowerment. So that doesn't make sense. And it goes against scripture. So when the 70 elders, I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm only going to give you three or four, but I just, there's many and we'd be here all day, but I'm going to give you some Old Testament. When the 70 el- elders received the spirit in Numbers 11.25, this is what it says. They prophesied when the Holy Spirit came upon them. 70 elders. They prophesied when the Holy Spirit came upon them. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 10, and 10, 5, and, and 19, 20 in Samuel, you see Saul. When the Holy Spirit comes upon Saul, he prophesies. So much so that when Saul is coming out with the prophets, all these people are going, is Saul a prophet now too? Because he's prophesying with the prophets. Saul was being anointed king. And what did he do? When he was in power, the Holy Spirit came upon Saul in power. He began to prophesy. This is also what we see um, in the New Testament before the church is established with, go read Luke, the first, first chapter, you'll see that Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and Elizabeth prophesies. You will see her husband filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesies. So the sign through the Old Testament of the empowering of the Holy Spirit is prophecy. The sign in the New Testament is that they would speak in new tongues. Now, let's look at some of them. Now, I took, I took this section out of a book that was written in the 40s um, by Ralph M. Riggs. I was blessed to know his daughter and son-in-law. Um, this man, Ralph M. Riggs, was the su- general superintendent of the Assemblies of God for about 30 years. So he was the, the head cheese. He wrote this book. And his son-in-law and daughter uh, ministered to me and discipled me early on in my walk. And they were powerful missionaries over in Japan for many years. 
This is what um, Ralph M. Riggs writes in the book called The Spirit Himself. If, if you can find that and get that on Amazon, I would get it. It's one of the best books I've re ever read about the Holy Spirit, period, bar none. He says this, before the day of Pentecost, the people of God constituted a nation. You following me? The door was open to others to join that nation, but anyone seeking salvation would have to become circumcised and thus become a Jew. Amen? Before that, there was a nation that God used to represent him. And people outside of Israel could, be part, could partake of being of that nation. They would have to be circumcised. They would follow the law. That would make them a Jew. Amen? So, to be certain, those became a Jew. In the words of Christ, and this is what Jesus says in John 4, 22, salvation is of the Jews. Of course, this nation had its language. And one language was sufficient then in which, to, in which to converse with God's people. Make sense? Thus it happened that when men received the mighty anointing from on high, the experience was evidenced by prophecy. Now here's a great definition of prophecy. Prophecy is speaking one's own language in the power of the Spirit. So let me break down what he just said. There was a nation Israel. That nation spoke a language. Right? They all spoke the same language. There wasn't a need for there to be other languages. And prophecy is an empowerment to proclaim the word of God in your language. Now, does that make sense? There wasn't a need for tongues. Why? Because they were the nation Israel. They, didn't have, they weren't called to go speak other languages. Other people were called to come to them, take on the sign of being a Jew, speak their language, follow their laws. You with me? Does that make sense? Now listen, Joel prophesied in the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2, 28-29. Joel prophesied that times would come when God would pour out his spirit on all flesh and they would prophesy. Who would? Everybody. Not just Israel. The whole world. Man, woman, old, young, doesn't matter. They would all prophesy. Amen? So... You guys with me this morning? Some of you are kind of falling asleep. I know this, I'm just, just getting started. Now today, in the church age, our call is to what? Is it to, to be a nation that stays here? No, our call is to go into all the nations and compel them to come in. Amen? To go and teach all nations. So it is fitting that instead of the mother tongue used just nationally, that the Holy Spirit would give as a sign the ability to prophesy in other languages. As we see in Acts 2, there were 120 people baptized in the Spirit, and 15 languages were understood by the onlookers. How cool is when the, the, the shift changed. It wasn't just for Israel and for people to come. It was now, I want you, all people, to go into all the world, and I'm going to empower you with the ability to speak in other languages. Pretty cool, right? There wasn't other tongues before because there wasn't a need before. You came to Israel, you came to the Jews, and you became a Jew. Now it's, I'm pouring out, and, and it was prophesied, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And you're going to go, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. You're going to need the ability to be able to speak in a different language. I thought this was pretty cool. You guys are like, okay. Maybe you already knew all this. Speaking in other tongues then becomes the sign that the Holy Spirit has descended 
on the New Testament church? How did they know? How, how did everyone know that the Holy Spirit had come down and empowered the church? They were speaking in other languages instantly. And Peter believed tongues were in reality prophesying because he announced this, not that they were speaking in mother tongue, that they were speaking in other tongues. He announced that this is what was spoken about by the prophet Joel. And Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, that tongues and interpretation is equal to prophecy. You with me? Tongues and interpretation is prophecy. Joel saying they're going to prophesy. Peter declares on that day, this is what Joel's talking about, which we're going to read. Not that they spoke in their mother tongue, that they spoke in other tongues. As prophecy was evidence of the baptism of the people of God, was national. So prophecy was the evidence in the, in the Old Testament for the baptism of the people of God. It was national. So tongues are the evidence while the church is sent international. Amen? Now this is what um, our Foursquare writers in, in a, a wonderful book called Foundations of Pentecostal Theology, they say this, and I love how they said this. An experience so great, which they're speaking of, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now let me tell you, the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't tongues. The experience isn't tongues. A lot of people go, I'm seeking tongues. No, what you're seeking is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Tongues is just an evidence. So the experience isn't that you speak in tongues. The experience is that you're empowered from on high. The evidence is that you will speak in other tongues. And an experience, this is what they write, an experience so great and so important as the baptism with the Holy Spirit undoubtedly will be accompanied by unmistakable evidence so that the recipients will have no doubts whatsoever that he or she has indeed received the promise of the Father. Some of the evidence is manifested immediately, while others continue on a permanent basis as one walks in the fullness of the Spirit. Amen? That's saying there is an initial evidence of tongues, and you will continue. There will continually be other evidences. So it's not just limited, but that's the first initial. Amen? Now let's turn, if you have your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to pretty much stay in the book of Acts. We're going to start in chapter 2, because I want you to read and see what I'm talking about. Not just take my word for it, amen? So Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived. I think I'm going to start in 21. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven. Where? Came from heaven. So cool. is Every single time you see... Like, you go back in the Old Testament, it's so cool. Like, we build fire, and what happens? Flames go up. When God does fire, they come down. It's supernatural. Remember Elijah? Elijah, what happens? Fire comes down from heaven. Like, that ain't normal. <laughs> like, anytime you build a fire, it goes up. So, in the book of Acts, fire falls. Let me tell you, when fire falls, you know it's God. Amen. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I can't make fire fall. Like, I build fire, it goes up. God does fire, whew, pretty cool. So, I don't know why that touched me so much, but it come from heaven. 
a sound like an and list, a sound like a mighty rushing wind. That doesn't mean that there was evidence of like trees shaking it. It was just the sound. Just like in, in Ezekiel talks about that. He hears the sound of like rushing mighty wind. He doesn't feel it. It's not blowing. It's not moving him. It's just they're hearing this. All these are evidences is that God is up to something. Amen. So he says they were the the and the wind, that sound, that rushing wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Now, this isn't just a picture of fire. just from, It comes down, and on each person in there, 120 different people, there's individual fire on top of each one of them. That's pretty cool. Like, that's where you'll hear people go like, dude, that dude's on fire. That girl's on fire. Like, they were like, dude, you're on fire. No, dude, you're on fire. No, dude, you're on fire. No, you're on fire. Like, they're on fire. And it rests on them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation, because it's Pentecost, under heaven, and at the sound, the multitude came together. There's something going on, and all these people come together. They're hearing, like, what is going on? All these people start gathering. And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Now, the cool thing is, like, each, each, like, where you're from, you have a dialect. You have a, a, a way to pronounce things, amen? Like, if you go to the south, you'll hear them talk a little different. There's y'alls, and it's, like, a whole different thing. You go to other countries, somebody, you can just tell by their dialect. Here, like, they're hearing their mother tongue in their own dialect. They're like, these people are Galileans. Like, how is this happening? So, it says, and... And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, and, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Pergia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? They're going, what the what? What is this? Like, they're just mind blown because God showed up. And he's birthing something inside of them. And they're, they're evidencing. They're not, the cool thing is, they're, what are they saying? They don't know what they're saying, but these people are like, they're proclaiming the greatness and awesomeness of God. And let me tell you, when you're under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you're proclaiming his awesomeness and his greatness, not your own. Amen? What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they're filled with new wine. Now, church, I find this pretty interesting, is this church's birth. This is the birth of the church, so we should not think it's weird that that we as the church, when the Holy Spirit shows up, people are going to mock it. People are going to make fun of it. Pe there will be scandal. Here's the first scandal. The church just gets birthed, and now they're, everyone's being told, oh, yeah, they're drunk. 
They're drinking. They're all drunk. That's what's going on. Now, I don't know about you, but this gets me encouraged. This is legit. This is of God. Holy Spirit showed up. And there's some people in just bewilderment that they're not mocking. They're going, they, they know this is God. They're like, what was that? But then there's other people that aren't. And they're going, I don't know what that is, but that's nonsense. They're drunk. They're this. They're that. So, so what? So did the church shut it down? Oh, no. We better shut this down. They think we're drunk. No, they didn't shut it down. They continued on. Now, Peter, so cool. Peter is one of those, and he's empowered. And Peter says, but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Isn't it so cool? Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, he begins to preach. And he brings them to the prophet Joel. And he says, and in the last days, it shall be God declares. Now, this tells us that we know the last days are when the church birthed. What are the last days? Well, when the church birthed from there on is the last days. Amen. So he declares, this is the last days. And in the last days, he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. I love that it's, he's, he declares that all flesh, sons and daughters, see before it was only on the sons. This church is being birthed, and it's new, and it's fresh, and it's not just for men, it's men and women, young and old. Those of you who are, that you get your senior citizen discounts. This is your day. This is your day. Young people, this is your day. Men, women, young, old, that empowerment is for you, and you will have dreams and visions. I don't think it's just that you were asleep and saw a dream. I think it's for some of you older people who maybe have thought like, well, I don't know if that'll ever happen. It ain't too late because you've been endued with power. You will have dreams. You should be dreaming. You should be hoping. You should be going like Caleb did. I want that mountain. I haven't experienced this yet. I want that. Not just sitting in your recliner thinking, oh, those, that's, it's for these new, just young generation to take over. My work's done. That ain't what the scripture says. I think I'm teaching and preaching better than you're hearing. And I shall, and he says that they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And I'm just going to read there because we're going to have some verses coming up, maybe not today, about the day of the Lord. So that's, that's giving you some time period, last days to the day of the Lord, right there. Amen. All right, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I encourage you to just read, just read all the Bible. It's awesome. But I'm going to jump ahead to, 
<laughs> I'm going to jump ahead to, can you turn this part up a little bit brighter, Richard? I'm having a hard time. I got smaller print today. There you go. Sorry about my head, guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> verse 36. Go ahead and jump up to there because this is just important. Um, Peter, now, Peter preaches a message, and, and I read it. It's, it's, it's not the most amazing message ever. It kind of just gives a, a timeline of what, of what God had said and done and where they're at. But something different happened. Peter had been endued with power from on high, and that meant his preaching went to the next level. It means that the Holy Spirit accompanied his words, and the Holy Spirit carried, up, carried out what needed to happen through Peter. So much so, 3,000 people get saved, and they're going, what do we need to do now? Like, they come under conviction. Peter didn't cause that. The Holy Spirit caused that. You with me? Like, Peter now, now who was cowardly before, who ran, now Peter, like, what? You're saying we're drunk? He gets up and bold and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and he begins to preach a message under the unction of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 people get saved. Okay? That's, that still happens today. That under the unction of the Holy Spirit, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit goes and breaks through the hard-crustedness hard of hard hearts, and people return, and people get saved. We don't see it as much here in the United States because most of the United States has been gospel or evangelized some way, shape, or form. But when you go into places that have never heard the gospel, the Holy Spirit penetrates and it cuts their heart and they receive very, very easily. I've watched like phenomenal things happen outside. This, I've seen it happen in, this, in the country too. That Under the anointing, the Holy Spirit just breaks through and people just come and they lay in the altars and they come undone. That still happens today. But they come to this question in verse 36. It says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ and Jesus whom you crucified. That's what Peter says. Verse 37, upon hearing that whole message, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? That's a great question. What shall we do? That's where their heart goes. Listen to what Peter tells them. And Peter said to them, and now listen to me for a second. Do you think it's important that we could establish what, how things should roll when it starts from the beginning? Am I, am I foolish enough to just think that maybe how it started from the beginning is important? That we're supposed to catch some clues from that. Amen? So he says, what shall we do? Here's what Peter says to them. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now it's called a gift there. Now he says, for the promise is for you. Church, the promise is for you. Then he says, for you and for your children and for all who are afar off. Now that should cover it. Amen? It's for you. It's not just for you. It's generational. And it's for all of your generations who are far off. Now, just because the Holy Spirit's so sharp and knows that we are not, he goes one step further. Listen to what he says. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. That's who it's for. For you, for all those who are far off, and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. That gives you, that gives you some timeline on it, don't it? <laughs> Who's the promise for? You, your children, and all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Have you been called to God? 
That tells you the gift's for you. Not, I didn't tell you that. That's what the word tells you. Did I, did I twist that any way, shape, or form? Okay. Let's turn. Let's follow this pattern. Um, super cool thing happens. In Acts chapter 8, Philip goes and he's evangelizing and he's preaching. And then um, the, the church in Jerusalem hears that people are getting saved in Samaria. So the disciples hear about it, about people receiving Christ, and they send the apostles out to go lay hands on them and to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. This tells me that they think it's pretty important. Amen? So let's turn to Acts chapter 8. Now, kind of cool thing. This, this passage by some, will, will, they will use this passage to say that, well, see, they, it doesn't say that they spoke in other tongues in this passage. Or no, not this passage, the next one. Um, which we'll cover that when we get there. But, but here they find out these people receive Jesus. So, so what does the council do in Jerusalem? They send John and Peter, verse 14 of chapter 8. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now this tells you that it's something different than them getting saved. They had already received salvation. Amen? Now they send Peter and John because what? They need baptism. They know it. They're like, dude, you need to get baptized. You got saved. You see a pattern here? So, so he goes on. He says, who came down and prayed for them so that they might receive the Holy Ghost? For he had not yet fallen on any of them. But they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, which means they've been water baptized in his name. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to stop. This is super cool. This is why we will lay hands on people. We'll lay hands on them so they'll receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're following a pattern. But you know what's super cool also? He can do it without me laying hands on him. I also saw that, and we're going to see that. It can just, bam, it just fell on him. We're going to see that in Cornelius' house. Paul's preaching. Boom, it just hits him. And then we're going to see after that, that they lay hands on him again. So however it happens, I'm okay. I don't care. Like if, if you just like randomly get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm like, sweet. I didn't have to lay hands on you. That doesn't mean it didn't count. Or we'll lay hands on you, just like we're following a pattern. Oh, you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Would you like to be? Great. Let's lay hands on you. Pray that God will baptize you. All right? We're seeing some patterns here. It says, uh, for they laid hands, their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. Now, Simon is this character who was a magician. You'll read before this. And he performed, like, tricks and all kinds of different sorcery things. And he was looked at and sought to, and, and as, like, a god. Like, they, this guy had, like, all kinds of, um, he was renowned. He was recognized by all kinds of people. And they looked up to him a lot. So Simon receives salvation, if you read before this. And now, when, when they come, when the disciples come, Simon witnesses them get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the text. It doesn't say that they spoke in other tongues here. And so some people will say, well, not every time they got baptized in the Holy Spirit did they speak in tongues. Hold on. The importance of this passage isn't that they spoke in tongues. The writer wants you to see that there's this magician that witnesses a power. Now, I would argue, if this magician sees the disciples lay their hands on them 
and they don't speak in tongues and there's nothing that happens any differently, how does he want to purchase it? Which we're going to see. He is overwhelmed by what happens with them and he tries to buy that power. He tries to purchase, really what he's trying to purchase is Peter and John's authority to be able to lay hands on people and see them in power. Because guess what? Simon now, the sorcerer, is kind of a nobody. He's just a regular Joe now. And I don't think Simon likes that. And we see Peter looks into his heart. How do you do that? That's Holy Spirit. He's able to see in his, this guy's heart, like, dude, you're, you're corrupt. So, so follow me. And, and I do believe, without a shadow of a doubt, because there's a pattern all through the book of Acts, that every time people get baptized, they speak in other tongues. Just because it doesn't say they spoke in other tongues here doesn't mean it didn't happen. Something happened visibly, audibly, that they recognize, and Simon's trying to purchase that power. There's an evidence. That's what I want you to see. There was obviously an evidence. I can put two and two together and go, they must have spoken tongues. Why? Because all the other passages we see in the book of Acts, when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, they speak in other tongues. Make sense? Okay. The emphasis, I don't think, is why it just wasn't there. It's just because the emphasis was on Simon. So he goes on. He says, now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, give, give me this power also, so that anyone whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Then he tells them, repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. Well, that's kind of good news, though, also for Simon, that, guess what? There's always forgiveness. There's always hope. Like, this guy was jacked up, and Peter sees it, and he calls him on it, and he says, you need to repent. Well, Simon, wise enough, goes, he, is, he goes, you pray for me right now. Pray for me so that, that none of what you said happens. So he knew that Peter was right. The emphasis of this is that. I think, you follow me? Sometimes this passage will get used to try to say, well, see, that they didn't, it didn't say they got uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit there or they spoke in other tongues. Well, no, it says they received power. There was a physical evidence, so much so. And, and to me, it's like there is obviously a physical evidence because this guy trying to buy it. Amen? All right. Let's fast forward. Chapter 10 of Acts. Now, this is uh, Peter. Now, you guys remember, Peter gets a vision. And God is preparing Peter because God wants to baptize all these people, like, just like he said, not just the Jews. So God's preparing Peter, and he tells Peter, he shows him this vision, and this blanket comes down full of all these unclean animals and foods, and, and he tells him, kill and eat, Peter. And Peter's like, no way, Lord, I can't do that because I'm a Jew. And that's, those things are unclean. And the Lord tells Peter, don't say that's unclean if I've called it clean. Now kill and eat, Peter. So he gives him this whole preparation, and I'm going to just give you all that to where then he tells Peter, like miraculously, like, hey, and they, the Cornelius sends someone to go find Peter. The Holy Spirit tells him to go find Peter. Peter goes to Cornelius' house. You with me? <laughs> all right, so now we're, now we're at Cornelius' house. Um, right before this passage, though, um, in verse 34, um, it says, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Beautiful. It's national, international, not just for the nation Israel. And then we go down to verse 44. Well, actually, let's, let's read 43. It says, To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of their sins, through his name. 
So, so Peter's given the gospel to Cornelius and those in his house who were Gentiles. And it says in verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit, what? Fell on them. All who heard the word and they believed. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed. That means the Jews that came with, with Peter, they were all amazed because the Holy Spirit fell on them while Peter was preaching. He goes on and says, um, Peter was amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was now it's called poured out. Don't get hung up. A lot of people get hung up on, on the different ways that, that God will use or the writers will use that the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. It said fall. Now it says poured out. But it's the same thing. It's coming from above down. With me? So, so now it's, he says in the same passage, poured out. Does that mean, oh, it didn't fall there? No. It means they're just saying the same thing in a different way. And it's been even given to the Gentiles. How do they know? For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, this is such a great prophetic word. Peter's on the ball. He's like, Let's, let, I want you all to make a point of this. He says, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Now, I love that it happened this way. I think God did this just so we wouldn't jack it up. Like, we would say, like, we would make it, you have to do this, 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 this. And God's like, watch this. They didn't, they didn't get water baptized yet. They got spirit baptized. And Peter's like, they're like going, uh, 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 what, can anyone give a good reason why we should water baptize them now? <laughs> they, they've just been baptized in the Holy Spirit just like we were. And they're Gentiles. You know, it's like, that's the next religious thing you should do, right? You know, they're still really like, we, shoot, I guess we better water baptize them now. I mean, maybe we we're going to mess this thing up, right? I don't think they could have messed it up, but they just do the next logical thing, right? Can anyone give them a reason not to get water baptized? I'm so glad they did that. Peter just established it in stone. We all agree. We all witness this. There is no good reason why, because they're just like we are now. Amen? That, whole, that baptism of the Holy Spirit was a unifying agent. It brought unity from the Jews and the Gentiles together. The, whole, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was never designed to cause division. The baptism of the Holy Spirit brought unity. Amen? And that wasn't in my notes. You're welcome. They were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Now, they, what you don't hear here is they don't, we don't know what languages they were speaking. Just something to think about. What language are they speaking there? No idea. Were they speaking a natural language or were they just speaking a heavenly language? We don't know. There's no text there. We know in the first part, when it first happened, there was all kinds of other people that heard those languages. Amen? Now, I'll get into Glossia later as we get into the gifts and really go deep into what I'm saying. I just want you to just recognize it doesn't say. Okay? That's all I want you to see here. It goes on. He says, um, but what are they doing as they're speaking in tongues? Extolling God. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. I bet they did. I bet they're like, so what the what? What just happened? Will you do some teaching? Right? That's what they're doing. They're like, uh, can you imagine? You've never heard of another such. It just, bam, just hit you. You're like, okay, what just happened? And they're getting to, they're like, Peter, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you're not going to do this to us and then just leave. <laughs> like, 
give us some teaching. So I guarantee Peter walked him through. This is what Joel said, right? He brought him through the scriptures. This is, he did the same thing. The Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles. That was, that was what I want you to see there. Um, let's keep turning to Acts. Yeah, we're running out of time, but praise the Lord. Um, Acts chapter 19. all there yes and it happened that while apollos was at corinth now apollos was a, a brother that was preaching and uh, been ministering in ephesus and priscilla and aquila had kind of helped teach him um, but he hadn't been baptized in the holy spirit yet so as it happened but while apollos was at corinth paul p- passed through the inland country and came to ephesus this is where the ephesian church gets baptized super cool there there he found some disciples and he said to them did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, I want you to pick up, as, these, as Paul and them are going throughout, they're finding and discovering Christians that they haven't evangelized, or they're already there. What's the first thing they do? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? This tells me it's super important. It was super important to the disciples. It was super important at the beginning of the church being established and built. Every time they, they heard, remember they heard in Samaria, so what do they do? They send John and Peter. Go lay hands on them. Go see if they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if they're a part of the church. You're seeing this again. Amen? So, so they go. And it says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That tells me, again, they had already believed. So this isn't the Holy Spirit coming for salvation. You've seen the consistency in the Scripture. There's, this is a second. This is something else. This is a different grace that's coming. So they ask, did you receive that? And I love their answer. They say, uh, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Listen to what Paul's response is. And he said, into what then were you baptized? <laughs> like, we haven't even heard there's a Holy Spirit. He's like, what? Then what'd you get baptized in? Because church, why would he say that? Because we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's like, how have you not heard of the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized? Amen? So... They go and they said, well, they said John, into John's baptism. And Paul's, I love, Paul, just, Paul just says, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. And on hearing this, listen to their heart. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means they got, they got water baptized in the name of Jesus then. So their heart's like, okay, then, then that's what I need. That's what I want. You see their heart is like, okay, whatever you say, this is what I need, this is what I want. So then he takes them to the next step. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There was about 12 men in all. Now look, this is super cool. What happened first? He laid hands on them. They received their baptism. They began speaking in other tongues and prophesying. So it's not just limited. Amen? That tells you, hey, there's other things that can happen. Now, some people say, well, they're just saying that the speaking in tongues is the same as prophesying. That could be, I think, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. But either way, it, it, we're good. They, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and there was an evidence. And what was the evidence? They spoke in tongues. So um, I'm... I'm kind of a stickler, like there's been lots of teaching throughout the years and lots of different things, and there's, um, 
biblically, what I say, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're going to speak in tongues. And I've had people that, that even here that have come up to, to, to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They say, well, I was baptized before, but I never spoke in tongues. Well, I don't know if you were baptized. And then they came, and they, we laid hands on them. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. You know how I know they got baptized in the Holy Spirit? They spoke in other tongues. That's the evidence. That's how we know they, they, they were baptized. They spoke in other tongues. If you haven't spoken in other tongues, how do you know you've been baptized? Biblically. There's not another text. There's not another way that we see in Scripture. Now, now I will say, my experience, my experience doesn't trump the Scripture. My experience was I had someone lay hands on me. I was at a big, like, a revival meeting. And, and I wanted, I was like, I was, I was so jacked up before that when I got saved, I, I didn't want nothing that wasn't from him. I was like, I don't want no phony fake because I've seen some crazy things. I want none of that. But then I came to a point of, Lord, whatever you want, like, I want all of it. Whatever, because I was, I mean, when I drank, I did a lot of it. When I did drugs, I did a lot of it. If I did something, I did it all the way. So I'm going to serve God. Whatever you got, I want all of it. And in and, and abundance, right? Might as well keep that tradition going. But I didn't want nothing that wasn't from him. Not, not a little bit. Because like, if I'm going to serve you, then I'm doing this. So I went to a revival, and the guy said, like, tomorrow night, people who haven't been baptized, I'm going to lay hands and pray for you, and you're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I was like, you know, you go through that, oh, my gosh, should I go up there? Should I not? Should I not? Uh, I don't know. Uh, ah. I was like, all right, fine. So I go down, and there's people, dude, he's just going through, like, laying hands on people, praying for people, and they're like, bing, 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 they're speaking in tongues. I'm like, wow, that's cool. And I felt like, I felt an anointing. I felt like this power, and I heard words, and like, my spirit, my head, like, I heard, but I didn't speak. Because in my mind, the Holy Spirit was going to forcibly open my mouth and make things come out. That's how I thought it worked. So they prayed for me. I felt like this energy. I'll say that. I heard a language that was, I guess, it's like syllables, right? I'm trying to explain this. I didn't say nothing. I didn't speak. Because in my mind, God's going to open my mouth and make it come out, or it isn't him. I just don't see that in Scripture. So I get frustrated, like, and they're, you know, they're, I mean, they're giving their best effort. They're going, like, praying, and, okay, and, like, try this, like, raise your hands and say this. Like, okay, you have to say something. Okay. Well, nothing's happening. Well, then this other guy comes up, and he tells me, well, just say this. Repeat after me, like, should have bought a Honda or something, right? <laughs> he didn't say should have bought a Honda, but just saying, like, he said he wanted me to say something he was saying, and that just irritated me. I'm like, I'm done. Like, forget you. I mean, I ain't faking nothing. I'm not going to say something because you want me to say it. Like, that ain't happening. So I leave, and I'm, like, kicking rocks, you know. Like, in, in, in my mind, I'm in Teen Challenge. There's all these other knuckleheads, right, that are like me, knuckleheads. And some of them aren't really, I don't feel as, as excited or wanting the Holy Spirit as much as I did. And they got baptized, and they spoke in tongues. So I'm irritated. I'm just saying, like, I'm just me. And now I'm going to the van, going home. They're, hey, did you speak in tongues? I'm like, no. Did you? Yeah. And I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> and they're all talking about, oh, it was awesome, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, shut up. You know, I'm not happy for them. 
I mean, kind of, but I'm, I'm, oh. So I go back, and the next morning, my uncle happened to work at Team Challenge for the only reason. They didn't kick me out. Um, and he says, so what happened last night? I saw that you went down. I said, yeah. I said, it was, because did you speak in tongues? Did you get baptized? I said, well, no. He goes, well, what happened? So awesome. Thank God that he was wise and was a pastor and understood, like, how to ask questions. And I said, well, he came and laid hands on me, and, like, I, t- I told him what I felt. And he, and I goes, he goes, well, what'd you hear? I, so I told him. I said, well, yeah, but. I go, but, but that ain't it. And he goes, well, really? Well, what is? So I told him what I believed it was. And he goes, well, how do you talk naturally? I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, do you open your mouth and speak? Or does something just come over you? Well, you open your mouth and you speak. He goes, well, then why didn't you speak what the Lord gave you? I said, because that's not how it works. <laughs> he goes, is that right? So he goes, well... That is how it works. He goes, if the Lord gave it to you, you must speak it. Release it. He goes, go up in the prayer room. Well, there was a prayer room. He just goes up. He goes, go up in the prayer room and go start worshiping the Lord and tell the Lord, Lord, if this is your language, bring it back to me and, and begin to speak it if he gives it to you. Okay. So I go up. And I hear it again. So I didn't feel the same initial feeling, which were not based on feelings, but I began to speak that language. How do I know I was baptized in the Holy Spirit? Because I spoke in other tongues. Now, when did the empowerment come? I don't know. Okay, I'm not, I, I'm your pastor and I'm not, and, and because I say what I'm saying, because I'm telling you the truth, that's why I can't officially, um, what I was told in Bible college, be a pastor for the Assemblies of God. They said, well, if you don't say and teach that when you initially get filled, that's when you were baptized, then we got a problem. I said, well, it was very close. <laughs> I said, I don't know. Like, was I baptized then? Or was I baptized? Was it a, like, and as I, from what I see in scripture, the evidence was I spoke in other tongues. That's all that matters. Here's what I believe. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I know this through scripture, you will speak in other tongues. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will speak in other tongues. That's what the Bible says. You with me? Did I cause more confusion? I hope not. I just got to teach you. I got to tell you the truth. And I was sitting over there the other day, or last week, when the Holy Spirit was just like, pow. And I was just, I, I was worshiping. I was praying in tongues, but all of a sudden, it's like, boom. It's just like, I don't know what happened. It just changed. It went from like my normal tongue language into like times a hundred and sounded crazier than I couldn't reproduce that if I ever tried. Like it was, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you, but it was awesome. And it was like, just, just, there was like some kind of warfare going on. And I think like some people are having a bad day. They're trying to kill Christians somewhere else. Like, I don't know, but like some, some cool stuff was happening through that. But that was like, that was like, the Holy Spirit is, in, in tongues, is the Holy Spirit prays through you, which we're going to get to. When I get into, it, it's the Holy Spirit that's praying through you. It's not you praying. It's not you praying in your mind or you praying in your language. It's the Holy Spirit praying through you according to his will, which is the most awesome thing about being able to pray in tongues, is you are always praying in the will of God perfectly without no help from yourself, right? I love that. Like, I can't screw that up. 
I think that's why he does it that way. If I get in my head, I'm going to screw it up. What are you praying? I don't know. Sometimes as I'm praying that way, I have an I have a idea of who I'm praying for. Sometimes I'll see a picture of something, something but not always. It doesn't have to be that way. What else do I got for you? Because I got to wrap it up. Man, I try to get this out. Can you tell I'm like, la, 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 la. is it too, like, did I go too fast? Okay. I'm like, Smokey and the Bandit. Long way to go, short time to get there. It was not only the initial outpouring that tongues manifested on the Jews and Gentiles. Paul was a Jew and said that I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Amen. So this, this, what I'm getting at, this wasn't just like, this is how it happened, the initial time for the Jews. This is how it happened, the initial times for the Samaritans. This is how it happened, the initial time for the Gentiles. It continued that way. Paul gets baptized after the initial Jews get baptized. And, and he spoke in other tongues. Amen. Because he says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. Um, the Ephesians, we find out later that, that um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the 12 Ephesians were baptized later in Acts 19. That in, in, in Corinthian believers had the same experience in chapters 12 and 14. So we see that continues after the initials. The Corinthians get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they have the gifts working and operating in them. And all through the book of Acts, what, my main thing, what I want you guys to see today, is just to settle, like, the question. At least in my mind, it's settled. I want you guys to, to have a clear, and I want us as a church to, to, and you don't have to agree with me. I hope you understand that. I'm not saying if you don't agree with me, like, we're not brothers, we can't. What I'm saying is this is what I believe, and this is what I set forth in this church. And this is biblically correct, in my humble opinion. This is the pattern that I see. And you can have different thoughts, like, but this is the pattern that is established in the Word of God. Amen? All through the book of Acts, we see the biblical pattern that still holds true today. All that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit today will speak with tongues. Amen? And I, man, I'm, I'm, I, what is that called when you're like super hopeful? Like you see the glass half full? Um, I was very optimistic that I would get into point one today. <laughs> point one, this will be next week. When did tongues and the charisma gifts end? We're going to go through and just look at a bunch of scripture so we can seal that one up. And then we're going to get into when do the office of the ministry gifts end? So not just the charismata, not just the miraculous gifts, but the, the gifts of office. When do those end? Then we're going to, and I'm going to explain some of those, the apostle, the prophet, the, the teachers, the evangelists, the pastors, like their gifting, what does that look like? Maybe some accompanying miracles, miraculous gifts that go with those. And then <laughs> we're going to read, and just like I did in Acts, but we're going to read from Corinthians 12 through Corinthians 14, line upon line, precept upon precept, verse by verse, and cover just about everything I think there is to cover. And we'll look at Ephesians, and we'll look at Romans, and we're going to do all of that. So we can see all the different gifts, how they operate, how they coordinate, and answer the questions. Are they for today? How long were they for? Like, if you have this type of gift, like, what are some of the accompanying things that go with that? Amen? Sound like a plan? All right. You know why we're doing that? Because we need this today. 
the day and the age that we're in, which we've established, right? I think going through Revelation up to the sixth chapter or partly, like, we can understand, like, yes, I think we can all agree, like, we're here, we're in the last days. Um, I think we're in the end of the last days. We're wrapping things up. And if there was ever a need for the church to have the miraculous, the power, and all of those things evidenced in their life, it's today. Amen? To accomplish the mission that God set forth, to go into all the world. And he told us, do not go until you have encountered that power that comes from on high. Amen? So I want you to, to create, and if for anything else, and thank God, there was 13 people baptized this last year in the Holy Spirit, and, and three, I think, so far this, this month, um, in the beginning of the year. That's awesome. But hopefully there's a hunger for more. And hopefully those of you that have been baptized, I want you to have a good knowledge and a good um, foundation of you know why and, and are confident of, of that it is for today. And this is, this is something that God has for us, and there is more. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Lord, thank you. <laughs> thank you for scripture.